started last week on God, uh, the believer's greatest asset. And uh, we talked about that. And Father, in Jesus' name, uh, we just know that your presence is here with us. And we want to minister, you want to minister to your people. Speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. I had forgotten, but I think this song is for somebody. I just came on as I was going to start preaching. Can you play number nine for me? Please listen quietly and listen to the words. Okay. Michael. I uh, always like to obey what I'm feeling inside. I have words that I want to say, but maybe this will minister to somebody tonight. But uh, what that song is saying, sometimes we're going through very difficult times. It seems so dark. And it seems like there's no way out of this. What's going to happen to me? Will God show up? When will he show up? Is he going to allow shame? Sometimes we're in a situation and people are watching you. You know they're going to be saying things. I don't know if you've been there, but I have been there. And it's really hard. And you're crying to God, please do something. Not just for my life. I don't want them to talk. You know, sometimes... He says he believes in God. Now look, have you been there? I don't know, but I have been there. It doesn't matter what you're going, but you need to remember, God has said he will never allow you to suffer shame. So take heart. It has this song. He says, God, I, even though I don't understand, I trust in your faithfulness. I trust in your unfailing love. You have been good. You will be good to me. And we have to always remember that. In Isaiah 54, if you can give me that, I have a word, but I need to do this. Uh, God says in his word, Isaiah 54, verse 4, he says, Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. In other words, all of these things that you've gone through, when God brings his blessings to you, he'll drown everything you've been through. Nobody talks about those anymore. They begin to talk only about what God is doing in your life. But remember this, God is saying, I will not allow you to be put to shame. You won't suffer disgrace. God will take care of you. God will always take care of us. So regardless of what you're going through, whether it's health, it doesn't matter what it is, finances, relationship, God is God. He'll take care of you. He does it in his own time. And when he does it, everyone sees it. And he gets the glory. It's all for his glory. The Bible says it is not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father is putting in his own power. You keep being a Christian. You keep sharing the word. You keep worshiping God. He'll come through. He'll come through in his own time. Amen? So we must believe. Tonight I want to continue with the message, the, uh, the believer's greatest assets. And I said the believer's greatest asset, three of them, the first one is prayer. 
Prayer is the greatest asset that God is giving to every believer. Why? Because he guarantees the answer. All he's wanting you to do is giving the input. And the result will come out. So the greatest asset is prayer. And next to prayer, and combined with prayer, I don't know which is above, is faith. You need faith. Your prayer is no good without faith. You need faith. So faith is another asset that God is giving to us. And in his word, he tells us how to get faith. It's so clear, the word brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and, the hear, and hearing by the word of God. The more of God's word you allow or expose yourself to, the greater your faith. You, you can have faith. It's an asset. So that when you pray, your prayer is mixed with faith. Because Hebrews tells us the, the promises, the word that was preached to them, did not profit them because it was, it was not mixed with faith. So you cannot profit in the kingdom of God without faith. And faith is readily available for every believer. Not for the pastor alone. Every believer can have faith. But it comes only through the word. Many times Christians make the mistake, they just assume what everybody is saying, we believe in healing. Our church believes in healing. God is not going to ask you when the, when the ti- times of trials come, what your church believes. It's what you believe. That's what Peter, he talked to the 12, 12 he says, what do men say? About the Son of Man. You remember that? And they said, they say this, and they said, and he said, but what do you say? So it's not what your church believes. You can assume because your church believes in healing, so you believe in healing. But what do you know about it? Do you have the word of faith inside of you to produce faith for healing? Or you're just saying, we believe in healing, but you have no word. So we need the word for faith which is one of our greatest assets. And then the third thing is fasting. Sometimes we need to fast. Jesus made it very clear, and we're coming to that. But tonight, I want to speak briefly on, on the subject of faith. The Bible tells us how powerful prayer is by telling us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Is that not what God says? Was he kidding with us? He's just playing with us? He meant what he said. If you are a believer, God is saying, don't be anxious for anything. Why? But in prayer, uh, uh, but in everything, no matter what you're going through, Everything by prayer and supplication. In other words, asking from God with thanksgiving. What are we supposed to do? Prayer, asking what you need, and giving thanks. You need to give thanks. Let your request be made known to God. So don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, no matter what you're going through, whether it's finances, whether it's your relationships, or you're dealing with uh, uh, your physical self, problems, it says don't get anxious about anything. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. Just don't get anxious. 
Don't say, what am I going to do now? We all do that. <laughs> what am I going to do now? You can't do anything. God says, separate yourself from me by prayer. Prayer will take care of the problem. If you are worrying, then you're not praying. And if you're praying, you shouldn't be worrying. You can have both. Prayer will take care of the anxiety. Amen? Prayer will take care of the anxiety. If you're anxious, believe me, you're going nowhere with God. So God says, take care of the anxiety. And how do you do that? Through prayer. Let God know what's going on. He already knows, but let Him know in prayer as you ask Him what you want Him to do. And then you give Him thanks because you believe He heard you. And the Bible tells us there, and the peace of God, which, passes, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what is he talking about here? You're praying, you want God to answer your prayer, and God is talking about the peace of God guarding your heart. Is that important? I want that stuff. Not just peace that guards my heart, but what God is saying is the peace of God guards your heart so you don't get anxious because if you get anxious, the prayer is not going to be answered. Amen. When you pray and you thank God, then you have peace. The answer is on his way. The answer is on his way. When I'm worried about anything, we all worry and I'm thinking about it. The... the uh, religious ways, I'm very concerned. Sure, you don't say that. You're worried. <laughs> very concerned means I'm worried. Okay? That's the spiritual way to say I'm worried. Okay? <laughs> but if you're going to worry, don't pray. And if you're going to pray, don't worry. Amen? And prayer will take care of the worry. And if you do that, the peace of God, the Holy Spirit that you're praying through, all of a sudden shows up and tells you everything's going to be okay. And the answer is on its way. Don't get out of your rest. That's why the Bible says enter into his rest. The Bible tells us that God invites us to his presence whenever, whatever is happening. In Hebrews 4.16, it says, let us therefore come boldly into the, the throne of grace. Right? God's throne is the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. In other words, you obtain mercy when you come into the, into the throne of grace. Every time you come. Not sometimes. Amen? When you are going through something difficult... Remember that you are part of the body of Christ, right? He is the head, and you're, you are part of the body, right? Hurt your finger, and the head and every part of your body suffers from that, right? If you're hurting, he's hurting him as well. I say that again. When you're going through a difficult time, as you're trying to worship God, God is feeling the pain. That's why Jesus said to Paul, or Saul, why do you persecute me? You remember that? And Saul would say, I've never seen you before. How can I be persecuting you? But Paul got the message. You persecute the believer, the body of Christ, you persecute. Jesus, that was in a lie. Why are you persecuting me? So when you're going through a difficult time, don't think God is not hurting anybody. He needs you to pray so that he gives you the answer. 
So we need to do that. We, God is inviting you when you go and come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. The word there is compassion from God. And remember in the scriptures, every time the Bible says Jesus looked into the crowd and had, had compassion, guess what's going to happen? A miracle. And usually big miracles. You remember when he looked into the crowd and there were 5,000? He says they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, give them food to eat. The guy said, huh? <laughs> food for all of these guys? Where are we going to get that? But it was his compassion that brought that, that great miracle. And when he had this compassion, he looks, everybody's going to get healed. So when you come into his presence, you will find compassion, mercy from God. And God is ready to act. And then he says to find grace to help in the time of need. So he does that for us. But you must ask God in faith. You can't really come into his presence without faith. You have to come in faith. And last week we talked, we talked about uh, scripture uh, in James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, the only one who is separating you from your blessing is who? The devil. And you need to resist him. But then we said, to resist the devil, you need to submit yourself to God. And submitting yourself to God is humbling yourself before God. is through prayer. In other words, you're telling him, God, if you don't do it, just like the song we heard, God, I trust in you. But I trust in you. In your unfailing love. That's what you're saying. You are at his mercy. God, you got to do something. Amen. Help me. And he will always respond when we do that. It says, resist the devil, he will flee from you. When you submit, then you can resist. After you've prayed, you come out of that place and something is going to happen. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You're double-minded. And when you are double-minded, your heart is not pure. Amen? Double-mindedness. What does that mean? Why is God telling me to purify my heart? Because I'm double-minded. Double-minded about what? That's where we're having a lot of difficulty. Because we can't be all of us, you know, you pray until you get to the place where you are no longer double-minded and not worried about the problem. You know God's going to do something. Amen? That's the asset with God. You pray till you get the title deed, and then you don't have to pray that way anymore. You start thanking Him. Amen? And start declaring things will come into that. So He wants you to purify your heart, double-minded person. In James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, it says, this is where I'm coming back to the word double-minded. So we tie those together. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, in other words, what you think you lack is the wisdom of God. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally. In other words, if I ask wisdom from God, I can get wisdom. Many times I had to ask God for wisdom. I don't know this pastor's job. Amen. <laughs> Give me some wisdom, God. Show me what to do. I'm a kid in this thing. Please help me. 
And I don't think I will ever grow up in this thing. I need his help. I need his help. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask from God. So I believe when I ask him, every time I ask him, he gives liberally. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get wisdom. God says, ask wisdom and he'll give you because he gives liberally to anyone who comes. He'll, he'll give to me. So when I feel like this is too confusing, God, show me what to do. As soon as I get through praying and I know God has heard me, I got the wisdom already. I just go out and act. And everything I do is the wisdom of God. Amen. It's God. I just feel free. I don't have to look for some lightning. I've now got the wisdom. I'll go show them the wisdom of God. I just act because I know he's heard me. He gives liberally to everyone who asks. And he doesn't reproach you. He doesn't say, well, you came last week. Why are you coming back again? He doesn't upbraid you for anything. He'll give to you. Amen. It's God, I was here last week, but I need more. Okay. And he will not upbraid you. He gives to us. It says, without reproach, and it will be given to you. No doubt about it. Right? Why do we doubt so much? You, every one of us. So we pray to get out of it. To get out of unbelief. God will give to you when you ask. But then in verse 6 it says, But let him ask in what? In faith. God has already told you, if you ask, you're going to get it. That's your greatest asset. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life. God is going to help you. Many times, it's up and down in my own life, even as a pastor. It's very confusing sometimes. Just say, God, I don't understand. Take over. Amen? Give me some wisdom. But let him ask in faith with no doubt. In other words, no unbelief. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. God wants to give everybody, but if you don't ask in faith, you are not going to get it. Does God want, it, want you to have it? Yes. Is he going to give to you? Yes. But if you don't put applied faith, you're not going to get it. Even if you are the pastor. It's just the truth. You're not going to get it. You need faith. Now, some time ago, I told you the difference between uh, unbelief and doubt. You doubt when you don't have full information. Right? If you don't have good information, you don't know about what they're saying, so you have doubt. If somebody's trying to sell you something... And they are, not, they are talking and they, they don't make sense to you, right? You says, buy this for, for $600. You say, oh, no. I don't know how that can help me. But if they can show you, give you good information in your situation, how this will be of help to you, the dollar value is no big deal anymore if you have the money, right? Your doubt is removed and you are willing to do business. But when you don't have the right information, you doubt. But unbelief is a different thing. You have the right information. You have chosen not to accept it. That's unbelief. You're chosen, well, I don't know. 
Even though God's giving you all of his word, that's what happened to the children of Israel in the wilderness. They have all God's promises. Two of them believe. The rest of them will not accept. I mean, these were guys that had seen miracles. They saw the Red Sea, right? They had information. But when it comes to going into the land, even though God has told them so many things that he did in their presence that they saw with their own eyes, they refused to accept and believe. So the Bible says because of their unbelief, they'll die in the wilderness. So unbelief is the issue here. When you already know God has told you he's going to answer your prayer, and you still have doubt, unbelief, your prayer is not going to be answered. So we must ask in faith so that our prayer is answered. Look at verse 8. He says, he, uh, let me go to 7. And for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Don't you, you believe today, tomorrow, you got another information and you change your mind. God says, flaky, flaky. I'm not dealing with this individual. He's still flaky. He doesn't even know what he believes. See? That's the issue here. That's why it says, purify your heart. Right? You're double-minded. Because you, today you believe, uh, then the doctor calls and says, well, we got a problem. And then you're back down again. Oh, Lord, help me. You're double-minded. You stand and listen to the doctor. says, thank you, doctor. I just believe God's going to do something with this. The doctor doesn't understand what you're saying. You're speaking two languages, you know. You're speaking faith, and the doctor says, do you really know what's going on? Just a few days ago, I had a testimony from a lady. And the daddy was having this, had this serious cancer, and they told, the, doc, the doctors told him it's all over his body, including his liver and all of that. And they're in the medical field as well. And the guy, I know him, he's a man of faith. And they went in and they they were going to do the test again before they did the surgery and all of that. And they were checking through his body. But before they did all of that, he was talking to his son, uh, that's a faith person. And they were just talking about different things, Bible, David and Goliath. And he was watching and said, these guys don't really know what they are against. And they looked at him like, what's wrong with him? We're okay. Let's talk about David here, okay? They were so excited about talking about God. They were not concerned about these things the doctor was saying and death and all of that stuff and what they had to do. They were just enjoying themselves about the stories of David and Samson and all of that. And she was looking at them. Boy, this guy is so ignorant because she's in the medical field. And then the doctor walked in, and after I, that was, I guess they had done the test, the doctor walked in and said, I tell you what, um, I'm pleasantly surprised that uh, I'm really surprised about this. The cancer is not anywhere else but where it's worse. And we just go in and cut that out and we take care of it. Something that seems so bad transformed in just a short time. Because of faith. They were not concerned about what doctor was going to say. But they just kept talking about David and Goliath and all of that stuff. That's real faith. Amen? But woe is me. I can't. I, I'm so sad. And you're so worried about what's going to happen. 
It's just a clear indication you're not really believing. All of us go through that. The real battle is overcoming the fear and the anxiety. Once you pray to the point where you no longer fear, you are on your way to victory. Um, Elizabeth told Mary, he said, Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things that were told you. Blessed is she that believed. When you believe, there's always going to be a performance. If you believe, there's always going to be a fulfillment. There's no doubt about it. A question is if you are believing and you accept what is spoken. Faith, the basis of faith, the principle of faith. The basis of that principle of faith is God's spoken word. That's where everything lies. What God speaks and what you do with what God says. Sometimes you may not even be aware that you got faith, but you got the word inside of you. And all you need to do is act on it. If you act on it, God will show up. That's the principle of faith. If you believe it, you must speak it. There is a time to pray, and then there is a time to begin to confess or declare what you believe is going to happen. Once you no longer fear, you give thanks to God, and then you begin to declare and speak to the situation. Amen? They, are, they always come together. I and mean, this is so important. You know, we need to get it tonight. Amen? For those of us that are here, it's so important. Once you have prayed and you know that God has answered you, you give thanks and then you speak to the problem. Tell the problem what you want it to be. Amen? You have to do that. This is the principle of faith. You believe and you speak. If you're still in believing and talking about the problem, hopefully you will get to the point where you believe that God has heard you. But after God has heard you, the next thing is to speak to the problem. And if you don't change your mind, you have your answer. They are connected. If you look at the life of Jesus, you see that so clearly. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, do you remember what happened? He heard that Lazarus was sick. He stayed where he was. And somehow, we are not told in the scriptures, but I believe at that point, Jesus was already praying about Lazarus. Look at me like that. (laughs) He was already praying about Lazarus. He said this was to give glory to God. And then he stayed for additional maybe three days. But by the time he got to Lazarus, Lazarus was already dead for how many days? Four days. But when he got there and he got before the grave of Lazarus, what did he say? He said, Father, I know you've heard me. Okay? When did he pray? Before he got there. I know you've heard me. But because of these unbelieving believers, I'm talking to you now. 
So do it, okay? But I already know you heard me. And so after that, he spoke to the problem. He spoke to the problem. And then all of a sudden, another day, he was going to Jerusalem, right close to his death, and he saw this tree. Remember the tree? And he wanted some fig tree, and he wanted some fig, and it was in the season. And they were following him, minding the business, and Jesus was talking to a tree. I mean, you, if Jesus talked to a tree, you can talk to your problem, amen? There's nothing bad about talking to your problem. You look at that man, he's talking to a tree. What kind of prophet is this? Huh? But Jesus is telling us, you can actually talk to the problem and change it. He, were, he spoke to the tree. And he says, no man is going to eat fruit from you again forever. And he, just, and he says it there, and the disciples heard it. They heard him say that, and they say, hmm. But notice, they say, what did you say? They just took note of it, and they were going to check this experiment out, if it will really work. And so the next day, Peter was coming through, and the rest of them, and they couldn't wait in my mind to get to that tree. So they wanted to see, you know. I know how we are. You all know how we are, right? They couldn't wait to get to the tree to see what happened. Because the master spoke to a tree, the, day, the tree the day before. And the Bible says that tree was dried up from the roots all the way up. But remember, they passed through that place back home, right? They possibly look at the trees. The master spoke, but it seems like nothing's happening here. Uh, and the master looked at it and said nothing. Just walked by it like no big deal. That's real faith. Amen? That's the real faith. And then when he got back, back the next day, Peter saw it and he said, Wow, master, look. Basically, he was saying, how did you do that? <laughs> and Jesus said, listen, if you have the God kind of faith, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, and you will have what you say. So, now, Mark eleven twenty three is so important. The principle is there in 24. For assuredly, Jesus says, I say to you, whatever I, uh, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed. Notice the word it says, say. Not pray to the mountain. <laughs> say to the mountain. Don't pray about the mountain. Talk to God about it. But then speak to the mountain. It says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he prayed, is that what he says? Which he said, which he says, will be done, it will, he will have whatever he says. You think he'll say, he will have whatever he prayed for. No, he says you will have whatever you say. So the saying is so important. And then he connected them, he says, therefore, because of what I've told you, this is a principle of prayer, okay? Because of what I just told you, that you have to speak to the mountain. He says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, so he changes it. Instead of just talking about saying, now he's telling you about prayer. Because they are connected. He's already told you, if you speak to the mountain, 
and you command it to go, you have whatever you say because of what I've told you. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So if, you, if, you, if he's just talking about prayer, why did he start with speaking to the mountain then? Basically, he's saying, after you have prayed and you believe in your heart, then go speak to the mountain. And then you have what you say. It's called the principle of faith. You got to speak, you got to declare what you want from God. This is a great asset that God is giving to us. Once you have the title deed in your heart, don't just stay there. Start speaking. Start thanking God. Sometimes let your prayer be the thank, uh, your thanksgiving to God. God, I believe, say it with your mouth to God. God, I believe you heard me. You've heard me. I'm getting this thing. It's coming on its way. I don't know when, but I'm going to receive it. And you begin to speak to the man that you're gone. You're gone. And every time Satan reminds you that your prayer is not going to be answered, you declare, say, God, I thank you. Speak it out. And the, the doubt will disappear just like that. Because what the enemy is doing is trying to sow unbelief. And so after a week is not answered, he reminds you, I thought you were really in faith, but the answer is not coming. He's trying to sow doubt and unbelief. You resist by speaking again. God is going to bring the answer. So that's the principle of faith. Now let me read in Romans chapter 10, verse 10 through 12. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Salvation there is the word sozo, which means to be delivered, to be set free, to be made whole. Just all of the good things that God provides for us, that's what that means, salvation. Yeah. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. That's that word again. In other words, God is not going to disappoint you. It may seem like God's going to, but He will not. The Bible is clear about this. Why is He telling us this? Because circumstances in the natural will want to make you feel like God is going to disappoint you. And so you have to close your mind to that. And that's what happened when we were this building for a while. It, it took three years. I said, about it. I said this last week. It took three years and it got to the point where people questioned things. And for me, I had to deal with God. Is this something that I've done? Is it this mistake here? Then I take care of it. You know, I just on the inside. I mean, take care of it. And then start believing. God has his time. And usually he's the best. I think right now we have about $100,000 worth of meters, I mean, of uh, dirt uh, in that land. That if you can go there and see it, it's all given to us free. Now we got water. We have to get. We had to have our own septic system. If we built three years ago, we had to uh, have built our own, and then dig, get our own well, and then come later. They said, "New, what would you do with the well and the septic system that you got? Just throw, just throw away money." God knew better. Amen. He knows better about your own life. God is not more concerned about a building. Than your life? How can God be more concerned about a building than your life? That building, that's not it. When he died for the world, not for the buildings or the trees or the animals, you, as the most important person, the most important thing on earth, you. Jesus won't give his blood for a building, for you. And he wants to take care of you. 
Amen. So we have to believe Him. His time is there. He's going to come through for us. But the principle of faith has to be followed. Whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. You will not be disappointed. It doesn't matter who. You, God will not disappoint you. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between the Jew or the Greek. For the same Lord overall is Lord overall is rich, rich to all who call upon him. Have you called on him? He's rich towards you. Amen. Whatever you ask him, he's the same Lord. Doesn't matter who, pastor or just a new convert. He's rich. He has a flow in all of us. He wants to give some away. Amen? You just ask, but believe in your heart. There is no distinction. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. God will save you. But if you go back to verse 8, he says, what does he say? The word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart. It is the word of faith that we are preaching. Every time you hear the word of faith, even though you don't understand what's going on in the spiritual realm, there is a word of faith that is being planted in your heart. And as you come, you keep hearing, that word is going to germinate. uh, germinate, And what's going to be the product is faith. You may not know it's there, but when you need it, all of a sudden, it shows up. And you're strong. You believe and you speak it. It's with the heart that one believes to righteousness. And it's with your mouth that you confess unto salvation. This is the principle of it. Second uh, Corinthians 14, verse 13, uh, chapter 4, verse 13. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith. So faith is a spirit, right? <laughs> and if you have the same spirit of faith. According to the, what is written, that's according to the word of God, I believe, therefore what? I speak. If you believe, I believe, therefore I spoke. We, that's you and I, we also believe, and therefore we must what? Speak. If you're not speaking, you're not believing. you got to speak. It's hard to really declare that God has healed you, if you have doubt in your heart and the condition is still there. Because something tells you you're lying. You see what I'm saying? And you don't want to lie. Generally, just Christians will challenge you if you say that. And these are religious people, like my view. But what you do is say, I believe I am healed. What's wrong with that? Amen? Just say the word, I believe. They say, well, but you're still sick. Yes, I, did, I didn't say I'm healed. I'm saying, I believe. God has healed me. I believe that. You're believing wrong. Well, that's your opinion, but I'll stay with God's opinion. We have the same spirit of faith. You believe and you must speak. Tonight, is there something that you want changed in your life? This time, it's time to speak. Amen? Pray, get your title deed, and begin to speak. It doesn't matter what it is. If you are ignorant of the problem, you can pray about it. But once you are, you know the problem, that's the time to take it to the Father and then begin to change it. Stand up tonight.
it's time to change some things in our lives. And we can do that tonight by speaking the word of God. What is it that you want from the Lord tonight? What is it in your life that you want God to change tonight? We can bring that thing before God tonight in prayer. Remember what the Bible says, if two shall agree concerning anything. I don't know what it is that you want God to do, but I'm going to unite with you in faith tonight that God has heard us. He's our Heavenly Father. God is never against you. God can never be against you. He's always for you. Even when the enemy is accusing you for for wrongdoing, God is still on your side. Even when you're doing what's wrong, He's still looking out for you. He still cares for you. Remember that. Talking to Him connects you to Him. And He can change your heart. Remember there is a scripture. He says, pray for the sick. And if they have committed any sin, they shall be forgiven. You were not praying for forgiveness. But when you pray for the sick, He forgives and He heals. If there was a sin, there was sin in there, just the prayer of faith takes away the sin, is forgiven, and you receive your healing. That's how good our God is. That's how much He cares for us. That's why I can believe today that no matter what's troubling you, no matter what's troubling me, tonight is the night. How many are going to believe with me tonight? That thing is going to be answered tonight. I want you to speak that before God tonight from your heart, whatever that is. I have mine that I want, and I'm believing God for it. And we will speak that to God. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to see that problem gone. That's, you have to see it. You have to see it with the eyes of faith. What you see is what you receive. The Bible, you see it with the spirit of your the eyes of your spirit, the eyes of your heart. Because God has said, God is who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or even imagine. Imagine that coming to you, that God's goodness. And may the God of Israel, may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, grant your request to you tonight, because we are right now at the very presence of the living God. We are right now at God's mercy seat. He will not cause us to suffer shame. And whatever we need, according to the word of God, we've asked in the name of Jesus. And we believe that the answer is on his way. Father, we believe that angels have been dispatched. In the name of Jesus, they are bringing the answer to us. And there is no devil that can stand in their way. We receive what you have freely given to us tonight. In the name of Jesus, no matter what's happening in the natural, in our natural world, those things must give way for the glory of God. Thank you. Lord, I agree with my brothers and sisters today. It shall be according to your word. These things must be fulfilled. Because we believe.
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. You're blessed. And you are a blessing. And want is out of your life. God's riches are coming to you. You won't know what to do with yourself. I really believe this with all my heart. You hear me saying it over and over again. And you watch out. Because I believe God's going to come from it. He became poor that you might become rich. And rich spiritually, rich physically, rich mentally, and also financially. But bring your tithe. Amen. God bless you with this message.